All right, so we have Brian Welker with us today. Brian uh, owned and operated a CrossFit affiliate in Madison, Wisconsin for several years. Recently sold that gym, and then he and I have also worked several CrossFit events and fitness type events uh, over the past couple of years. So we uh, recently took a poll in the Facebook group and asked for questions that people would like to have answered in the, in the uh, or on the podcast, I should say. And a lot of them were related to like the signage stuff and, uh, you know, staying motivated and recovery and all that stuff. And I thought Brian would be a great person to have on since he has experience with his affiliate and he's done all that signage stuff with us as well. So thanks, Brian, for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's good to be here. All right. So we picked out three, probably three of the most like common questions um, and then tried to pick like three little things of each of those questions to talk about. So we kind of had a little bit of structure leading into it. Uh, the first one is regarding like recovery, uh, sort of days on, days off at the gym, like what would be a good schedule for people. Um, and then also like, you know, if, if your goals are for, for just fitness or for their competitive, like how that all relates together. So Brian, what would you say for somebody that's just looking for like general overall fitness, uh, let's just start with like days in and days out of the gym. Like, what's that look like? Um, if you're looking for your general fitness improving, uh, three to four days in the gym um, should be good per week. Uh, follow the class, show up, do the work, um, and then uh, on those off days, um, and enjoy what you like doing in life, whether it's running around playing with the kids or taking care of your house or just uh, getting active in the community. Um, if you spend every day in the gym, you don't get to utilize all the tools that you build in the gym. So get outside the four walls on some of those days and enjoy life. Yeah, and I think that's huge for for most of us too. Like most of us aren't trying to qualify for the CrossFit Games or to make this like a you know a professional sport. Uh, so utilizing your fitness outside of the gym, I think, is huge, and that also helps keep you motivated as well. So you're not just it's not the typical grind of going in and out of the gym every day. Right. So. For the average person, we say three to four days. I think that's great. Um, if you're looking to get a little bit more competitive, what's what's that look like? Um, I, I would say probably five days a week, um, getting uh, a day or two off or taking one of those days as like an active recovery day, maybe doing some long duration, low intensity type uh, conditioning or aerobic work um, can be a good thing to kind of enhance your overall abilities. Um, but uh, really focusing on the uh, <clears throat> the basics, the fundamentals, doing those well are going to be your biggest uh, is going to be your biggest advantage. Um, but getting those five days in the gym and getting a, a really good mix of modalities is probably going to be your best bet when it comes to being competitive and everything you might see in a competition. Yeah, and I agree, uh, especially with the aerobic day, and and that helps bring back to the point that we talked about before like you can do that stuff outside of the gym so if it's swimming you might be able to go somewhere and swim or you know if you go for a long run or whatever that looks like a bike ride uh, you can do that stuff to help you get out of the gym too because as you get more competitive and you spend more time in the gym it's easy to get burned out I think too um, and then like you were saying more is not always better necessarily right. like yeah better, better movement is better not more movement is mm -hmm. better yeah, and then that, that seventh day um, where you might not be doing a whole bunch of activity um, is going to be key for recovery. Because if you're in the gym five days a week and maybe do something else on that sixth day, 
you need that recovery time for your body. Um, you put it under a lot of stress, um, a lot of intensity in your workouts, and maybe some of the heavy lifting and all that stuff. So your body really needs that day to just kind of recharge and, uh, and take some of that stress off of it. Yeah, I agree. So that's sort of point one there of, you know, or what we would say like days in, days out of the gym for, for your two average people. The next part of that would be like along with recovery and kind of maximizing your potential. Uh, I have nutrition, like nutrition would be a huge part of that too. Yeah, nutrition's probably gonna be your number one bet when it comes to um, any adjustments you wanna make in your performance or um, whether it's a weight loss thing or whether it's uh, just feeling better about how you feel in everyday life. Um, if you're eating the right stuff and you're eating the right amounts, your body's gonna be able to take care of itself much better. Um, if you're eating too much or not eating the best things, um, whether it's lots of sugar, too much salt, um, those type of things, uh, your body doesn't recover as fast, um, especially if you suffer from inflammation or anything um, that might be affecting your joints or um, your overall performance. So. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, ultimately, nutrition is what's fueling your workouts, and to optimize those to get the most out of them, you need to be fueled appropriately. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, th I think that that's probably the number one place that most people should start, like if they're making an adjustment or they want to get better. It's not all just about the exercise and being in the gym. I mean, it's the other 23 right. hours of your day and the other three or four meals that you're eating in that mm -hmm. day. Like, that's that's just as important or more important, I think. And that would definitely be the next step or would be the first step that I would recommend for people. Absolutely. All right, our third point here is sleep. I love to sleep. Sleep's good. <laughs> How many hours a night do you usually sleep? I try to get at least eight. So I think if you're getting between eight and 10, you're in a good place. Uh, less than eight, and I think you start to run into a little bit of a deficit. So sometimes, uh, I hit on this one a lot, and we talk about this one a lot. It's like making sleep a priority, right? So you mm -hmm. can cut other things out of your life uh, to, to help maximize your sleep. So like maybe not watching TV at night or, you know, cut out on, you know, binge watching three episodes of Netflix, maybe just watch one and then go to sleep. Right. But making that a priority. And even if you're, you know, just adding 20 minutes. So say you can't like, say I'm getting six hours of sleep right now and I want to ultimately get to eight. Like you're not going to be able to just look at it and find an extra two hours in your day, maybe immediately. But if you can add an extra 20 minutes and then try to keep working in that direction, I think you'll notice a difference, uh, especially in your performance. Right. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> especially with some other things we talk about with exercise and nutrition, consistency is really key. So if you can get onto a, a schedule, um, sleep schedule is a, a pretty amazing thing. If you can get to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time in the morning, you kind of get your body into a rhythm of expecting yourself to be sleeping for a given amount of time. So if you set an alarm for yourself that says, hey, I got to start winding down, get my pre-sleep routine done, whether it's putting the kids to bed, um, prioritizing my meals for the next day, getting that stuff done, and then getting into bed, turning the TV off, putting the phone away, um, and then hopefully repeating that over and over and over again, you get into that rhythm of, okay, now my body's ready to go to sleep so I can maximize the time that I'm in bed. Right. Um, and then 
having that alarm in the morning to get up and be ready to go. And that's not five days a week either, that's seven days a week. Right, right. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of times we, we focus on our work week and that weekend comes around and we just stay up till two in the morning partying up or whatever and uh, that, that just throws you off every single week. So if you only get five days out of the seven, um, you're not really setting the consistent schedule. You're, you're breaking that up and you're not allowing your body to get into that routine. Yeah. I completely agree. And there's other things like to help, you know, help get quality sleep and stuff. You hear, you hear a lot about that as far as like putting your phone away and not mm -hmm. looking at screens, you know, and I think it's like an hour before bed, um, that kind of stuff. And also, you, what is it they say, like a completely dark room, having a completely dark room, yeah. having the temperature down a little bit. I think all those things do help a little bit, um, but it's time. Like it's really focusing on the time and making sure that you're getting your eight to 10 hours, I think you're gonna see a bigger difference than maybe putting your phone away an hour earlier. Right, yeah, yeah, that numbers game tends to help out because, I mean, if you can sleep for eight hours, there's gonna be more likely a chance that most of that eight hours is gonna be quality sleep, whereas if you're only sleeping for five to six hours a night, you lose out on that chance of having that quality sleep time. So um, sometimes more isn't always better either. Mm -hmm. So that's why that schedule is, is pretty important. So if you, if you plan on having eight hours of sleep a night um, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I wanna have 10 to 11 hours or something like that, that can also throw you off a bit. So um, sticking right between that like eight to nine hours is, is probably the best uh, bullseye to shoot for. 11 hours would be amazing. <laughs> when does that ever happen? <laughs> All right. So I think we hit that pretty good as far as recovery, maximizing recovery. Recovery, um, that's taking your active rest days, taking a day completely off from the gym, uh, prioritizing your sleep, getting those 8 to 10 hours, making sure that that's quality sleep as well, and then really dialing in your nutrition because that's going to fuel everything else for you. So I think we hit that point pretty good. Uh, moving on to the next one, it's staying motivated through the winter. So this was like tips to stay motivated through the winter. Mm -hmm. You know, it gets a little bit colder, uh, gets dark really early, that kind of thing. So what are some stuff that we can do to stay motivated through the winter, Brian? Um, well, I, I know in Wisconsin, the winters are never very fun. Cause, uh, <laughs> it usually dips down below zero for a, a major chunk of the year. So... Um, when uh, I know when the winter comes around, I like to do a lot more activity in the gym, whether it's lifting or um, doing some sort of uh, aerobic work. Uh, rowing always tends to be my favorite winter activity. Like December, I usually do like a, a little rowing challenge. Um, we would have it at the gym where you'd row for uh, three minutes for calories every day you came in. And then we kept a, a log of everybody's cows. And at the end of the month, whoever had the most got a, a fun little prize. So uh, male, female winners got a little prize for that. So um, I used to I used to do five minutes every day before workout um, just to like get my rowing technique done, um, kind of build up some capacity and get ready for whatever might be ahead, whether it's a competition. Um, I know that the Open, since it's changed to the fall, um, it wasn't really, we're not going to be getting ready for a spring Open with that, but um, I, su I suggest finding a skill that you really want to improve at and maybe focusing on that for a month, um, kind of giving yourself a little bit of basic uh, fundamental work on something, whether it's rowing, whether it's working on uh, your kipping or getting better at squatting or something like that. 
um, work on some air squats, work on some mobility, some things like that that you can dive in for a month at a time and then the next month kind of change it up a little bit since uh, you might not be being outside doing active stuff um, as much because of the cold temperatures or the snow or whatnot. Um, giving, giving yourself a, a goal or something to, to push towards for a month and then trying something else the next uh, can be a good way to kind of stay motivated. Yeah, absolutely. And that was pretty much exactly what I had written down for this question. And it was, it was setting those small goals like that and working towards that. So it's not just your everyday like slog of coming to the gym because even though CrossFit workouts are different every day, it's still coming to the gym and doing CrossFit every day. So it can right. still become routine. So setting little goals, like you were saying, like whether that be like a gymnastics movement or like I want to get stronger, so I'm going to do like a squat cycle or mm -hmm. um, doing that on top of your regular workouts, I think is good. And it gives you that little little thing to push for during that time um, so that you're not just stuck in a rut or you get into a rut like that too. Yeah, and if you're, if you're unsure of what you should do, like definitely ask one of your coaches. Um, like they're gonna have your best interest in mind. So it, it's, I think a lot of times, especially nowadays, um, the, the amount of information that's out there um, can be kind of debilitating. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of people saying, oh, you should do this, you should do this, you, do, you should do this. Um, but they don't always know you. They don't know your story. They don't know how far you've come since you started, whether you've been here three months, whether you've been here three years. Um, but your coaches here at Fort Wright, they've, they've been here, they've seen you work out. They know um, where your progress has greatly increased and where some areas that might be better um, so finding some insight there might help out whether it's like a one-on-one -on -one or uh, just like a hey 30 seconds after the workout I, I thought this was something I could work on do you think that'd be good something like that yeah no and that's the reason that we do the goal reviews it's exactly like you're talking about so we set up these goal reviews to meet with you and individually uh, what's up Joey to meet with you individually and talk about that stuff and this is the exact kind of thing that you can work on over the winter so your coach can help you if it's a gymnastic skill can help you develop a plan to do for that month and mm -hmm. work on your skill so it's not you just like blindly trying to find it um, so definitely do the goal reviews and do what the coach suggests out of that goal review and then that will help fill the time in your winter when it's become sort of a slog and you know you don't feel like coming to the gym necessarily uh, we're also going to do in-house competitions and stuff uh, you mentioned like the open not being in the spring, so we don't really have that to work towards. So we're going to do in-house competitions stuff uh, over the winter as well. We're talking about like February uh, doing an in-house comp and then maybe in April doing our own version of the CrossFit Team Series, Yeah, which I think would be cool. cool. And that's sort of coming out of the winter, but would give you something to in the winter to work towards. Right. Uh, so that kind of stuff. And those those micro goals are really ultimately what keep you going long term too not necessarily just through the winter too like if you if you look at it as a big picture and it's like well I, i've got this fitness now what am i going to do with it absolutely right? yeah yeah we, we kind of touched it on the recovery a little bit about like the things that you want to be able to do outside of the gym or the things that you want to do when you're not working out um and some of those motivating things can also happen outside of the gym, whether it's um, planning to meal prep. Like I wanna, I wanna spend Sundays prepping meals. Like that can be a, staying motivated throughout the winter can be getting on that schedule. Um, whether it's uh, I'm gonna do mobility while the commercials on TV or something. 
um, or I want to plan a day that I go uh, do some ac active activity with the kids. Like you can you can see what your fitness has uh, is paying off outside of the gym. And mm -hmm. That can be a motivator in itself. Oh, absolutely, yeah. S applying your fitness to stuff <laughs> is definitely very motivating to see that mm -hmm. too. Especially if you take someone that's not uh, not doing the same kind of thing with you, and you can right. you can really see the difference and really how it's paying off for you. Right. Yeah. The if you look up uh, CrossFit or fitness in a hundred words from Coach Glassman, the, like the last thing he said is regularly learn and play new sports. So, yeah. um, with the change of the seasons, you can also find uh, a new activity to get into, whether it's um, picking up a, a basketball game or going to find some ski hill or something, try ice skating. Those mm -hmm. those different things are, are fun ways to kind of put your coordination and, and uh, athletic ability to the test sometimes. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, the last one is, uh, people were just curious about signage stuff, working like events and stuff like we've done. Uh, so a little like background with that, Brian and I have been working these events uh, like CrossFit regionals, games and that kind of stuff for several years. I decided like I'd write down kind of what I've done uh, over the past several years and it's not necessarily all been signage. Some of it was uh, gear and some of it was volunteer, some of it was paid. But I've worked seven CrossFit games, 14 CrossFit regionals, two CrossFit invitationals, one sanctional last year with a lot more this year and then two open announcements. I know you've worked a similar amount, I think. Uh, not quite as much, but um, yeah, I the first time I ever got involved with one of the events was actually volunteering in Minneapolis in regionals in 2015, yeah. and I think Kyle was, was there, a, yeah. a volunteer lead um, for the signage team, yeah, right? Yeah, that was my first signage yeah. event, yeah. Yeah, um, and I remember, because I worked for the gear team that year and I remember watching the signage team and being like oh my gosh I'm so glad I'm not on that crew um, but then years later that uh, kind of fell into my lap and um, I it's been one of the best experiences of my life um, just being able to travel and hang out with a really good group of people and uh, it, I mean it led me here so yeah um, it's been a lot of fun uh, so yeah Two years of regionals, three years of games, um, and yeah, more sanctionals coming up. So excited for that. Yeah. So what if we were like going to describe like what what it is that we do at these events? Like, how would you put that into words? Um, I usually say that we're like the roadies for CrossFit. Um, so we're kind of the first ones in. We set up the event. We build the floors. Um, we put all the logos and branding on everything. Make sure it looks really nice and pretty, so that all the all the athletes can come in and get it dirty and and do their thing on it, and then we pack it all up and go on to the next city. So it's um, that that's my uh, easiest analogy to come up with. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate too. And I would say the hardest part of our job is probably setting it up and tearing it down. The actual event itself is usually the easier part of it. Right. Um, Although, you know, sometimes at the games, that's, there's some tough transitions and stuff in there. But, you know, we'll spend two weeks building it out for something that lasts like three or four days, essentially. Yeah. And then it's down within a day and a half or something like that. Yeah. So it um, comes down a lot faster, <clears throat> that's for sure. Mm -hmm. So coming up to this year, uh, some of the stuff that we're going to work, some of the events that we're working, uh, we're working Wadapalooza. 
Uh, so like we mentioned earlier, more sanctionals to come this year. Uh, with the, the regionals and stuff being gone, there's a lot more opportunity with sanctionals. So the one that we did last year kind of opened the door to the ones that we're doing this year, uh, which is Wadapalooza and then the West Coast Classic. And then Granite Games. Granite Games and Rogue. And Rogue. And Rogue. Yeah, so those four sanctionals and then uh, also probably the games again as well if they'll have us back. Right. Hopefully they will. <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed they do that. Uh, do you have any favorite stories from this that you want to share? Um, I don't know. Not an, I don't know if they should be on the podcast. You on the <laughs> <laughs> um, no. edit it. No. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's something that I never would have thought would happen. Um, I think just the whole, when you talk to people that are kind of behind the scenes in CrossFit, um, it, always, it always comes about like, how did you get into this? Um, everybody has like their own unique story. Everybody kind of like knows somebody that needed some help um, or you just kind of like we're in the right place at the right time. Um, and so like my story, uh, so being in Madison, um, 17.5 was being announced at the Monona Terrace, which is a, a big convention center in Madison. Um, and I'd gotten a, uh, an email from one of the athlete control people for CrossFit saying like, hey, uh, one of the girls is coming into town a couple days early. She wants to train. Can she come work out at your gym? And uh, so I was like, absolutely. Um, she got in late, so I, I stayed open for a little bit longer. It ended up being Sarah Sigmund's daughter. So she was working out. Um, and then they contact me again and they're like, hey, can we uh, come in on Wednesday and shoot a bunch of promos and stuff? So like Katrin and Sarah and then um, all the, the CrossFit media team was there doing a bunch of interviews. Um, but then the day of the event, uh, I got a, a call saying, hey, we, uh, we don't have any rowers or bikes for the, the girls to warm up with. Can we come get some? Um, I was like, absolutely. So uh, one of the first things we did was we threw CrossFit Connect stickers on our rowers and our bikes. So like um, if there was any like pictures or videos or anything of them warming up, we had our branding in there. So that was kind of pre-signage before I realized that I was going to be a part of that. But um, then uh, Chris and Aaron pulled up in a big Penske truck to, to get the rowers and the bikes. And um, turned out that Chris was the, the manager for the CrossFit team or the signage team. And uh, there was a warehouse that we were using right by our facility. And he's like, hey, if you, uh, if you can accept packages or something, because we're not always here in town, that'd be a, a, a lot of help. So um, ended up like accepting packages and shipments and stuff and taking them over to the warehouse and got asked to help out with a pack out for regionals in 2017. And then it turned into, hey, do you want to go to Albany for uh, the East Regional? And uh, that's actually where I met Kyle. So um, it's so, all downhill from there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's been an avalanche. So, but it's uh, I, everybody has one of those stories of oh I, w I was doing this thing and I knew somebody that needed some help and um, you you say yes and and things good things happen. So. Yeah, that's what I was I was actually gonna say that in your story like you just kept saying yes. Right. <laughs> things just kept going from there. Yep. Uh, that's a good story. I was thinking, I had a probably like one of my most memorable times. It was the first game that I games that I worked 
on the signage team. Uh, so it was still in Carson at that time. It was 2015. And that was the year that they introduced the pegboard for the first time. Oh, sure. So they're building this pegboard was like, I think that's for the final on Sunday was in the, the pegboard. Mm -hmm. So Saturday night, they're like building out this rig and like they have everything like secure and stuff so people can't see because obviously, you know, somebody takes one look at that rig, then they're going to they're gonna know what's coming. Like it kind of spoils the surprise. So they're building out this rig and they decide that they want to like cover it. Uh, <laughs> and like, I think in, in Dave's mind, like he had a, like the magician or whatever, like yeah. it's just going to be like this sheet that covers this giant rig and he just like gives a little tug and it like falls away. But uh, what we ended up doing is we took like vinyl, like signage vinyl that you use, use for like a banner. And we just took these huge sheets of vinyl and like Velcroed them together. And like <laughs> the idea was that we're creating like this huge, I don't know, like blanket essentially to go right. over the rig and hide the, hide the pegboard. So that all during the day on Sunday when there's like fans and stuff there and there's events going on over on the soccer field, like people couldn't see the rig and spoil the surprise. So we put this monstrosity together and it's like, I don't know, like two, three o'clock in the morning and we're out <laughs> like Velcroing these huge sheets of vinyl together and we finally get it together and like get it up on the rig and everything's fine. Like it's covered, like it's not, you know, as pretty as maybe he had envisioned like the little sheet or whatever, but everything's good. So we leave and come back the next morning, like a couple hours later, really at that point. And uh, like, you know, we have events all, all morning right. in, the, in the soccer stadium. So my job that year was out in the soccer stadium. So I'm out there on that. And I like hearing all this stuff on the radio about like, people like running over to the tennis stadium. And it was like in a point where I got to a point where like I could like get away and see what was going on. And I went over there and it was like, the cover worked great until the sun hit it. Oh. And so it was like this big black vinyl cover and then the sun hit it and like everything expanded and it just like started falling apart essentially. Like Right. And and this is like 10 lanes of pegboard, right? Yeah, it's 10. I mean, like, it's a huge rig that's like 18, 20 feet tall. Like, right. And yeah. like the lane, like 10 lanes are usually four feet wide and there's four feet between each lane. So yeah. you have this like, I, 80 foot wide piece of vinyl covering something that's 20 feet tall. Yeah, exactly. So it's And like, not only that, but they decided like they wanted to brand the pegboard. So underneath this like giant barbecue cover, essentially Rob's down there like branding these <laughs> in this sauna yeah. like branding these pegboards. And I like walk in the tennis stadium and Aaron is on like the very top step of this ladder, like trying right. to hold this thing together. Uh, on the top so it was just a complete disaster like everything all the velcro the glue like melted so it was just falling apart so they're yeah. like cutting holes in it and zip tying it and like it just did not go as planned so when Dave makes his big announcement and big reveal he like made sure to preface it with like you know in my mind like this thing we would just tug it and it would come down he's like but it's not gonna go that way so right. there's like people are just grabbing this thing and like ripping it and like trying to snap zip ties and oh it was great it was perfect but it was still a surprise i don't think anybody it didn't spoil the pegboard surprise at all but it was just one of those things where it was like tasked at the last second to build this giant cover yeah. and you know like you mentioned earlier you get these this great group of people together and they just like make things happen so right we made it happen and then it was just like not meant to be the sun mm -hmm. <laughs> the sun had other ideas and yeah now it's just a funny story so um, that kind of stuff happens more frequently than you would think. But. Right. And like the, the, the 
I think one of the greatest things to see happen from like year to year is how how much better the team gets as we experience these things. So like yeah. the change from Carson to Madison was kind of a huge undertaking as far as like going to a new venue, not really knowing the layout of all the buildings, where you're going to store stuff, where events are going to be, what actually a, a floor is going to look like and kind of building it on the fly that year. Yeah. Um, and then now we're two years later and I feel like this was one of the, the better games to, to build and to tear down. Oh, absolutely. And like that, that just speaks volumes for the, the people that are doing all the work and the people that are putting it all on. Like they understand that there's, there's <clears throat> difficulties in places and then we know to expect them the next time yeah and uh and we just get better and better every year so yeah like you mentioned that even like the floor in the coliseum like right. that was a huge undertaking the first time so what is it it's like 2200 two by two puzzle pieces or something yeah. like that that have to fit together to make that floor so doing it the first time like we had no real idea we just kind of like putting it together on the mm -hmm. fly and then those lanes that are on that floor aren't it's not rubber on top of that it's sticker yeah like it's a four it's foot a, wide sticker it's a four foot by 130 foot long sticker that you have to put down straight and mm -hmm. um, just learning the processes and stuff like that uh, it made it go a lot smoother right. you know, the next year and then this year like you mm -hmm. said I I remember the first year it took us a couple days and it was the entire team putting it together and yeah. this, this year it was like half the team and it took you know maybe most of one day right um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting. For yeah, sure. I, I think we laid the floor down in the Coliseum like an hour and a half or two hours faster than it had ever been done before. And yeah, it's just like, I mean, it's it's knowing how those pieces work together, but it's also having a lot of help. Like, I think one of the biggest things that doesn't get recognized is the amount of volunteers that help out. Um, and so if anybody's listening and they want to help out at any of the events, like you should register and volunteer because it's a great experience and you get to probably hang out with Kyle and I. So Yeah, um, you're going to get worked. You're better. definitely going to get worked. So. But you'll get to work with some really great people and um, some people that are really, really good at their jobs and you can mm -hmm. you can learn a lot from them. So. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's like international friendships that come out of this. Yeah. Like we get We get people from Australia, people from Brazil, people from... Europe and all over the place that they they regularly come to these events and it's it's like their vacation every year and they get to hang out and have fun and tell the stories from the years past and um, create new memories and so it's uh it's it's not just a bunch of hard work it's a lot of it but um, there's a lot of experiences that like you'll always remember when you do this so mm -hmm. um, so yeah you should sign up to volunteer definitely <laughs> At any one of those events that we mentioned earlier, right. any one, we have lots of opportunities. Go to Miami, to Wadapalooza, yeah. go out to California. Just do a whole tour. Right, yeah. yeah. Come to Minnesota, come to my neck of the woods, yeah. and then uh, come to uh, the games in Madison. Yeah, that's the big yeah. show. Put your stamp on it. Yeah. All right, well, thanks, Brian, for being on here. Hopefully we answered, the, we answered some of those questions at least, you know, pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did a good job. I was entertained at least. Absolutely. So, uh, till next time. Thanks. <laughs>